Hey, James chapter 5, if you got your Bible, let's turn to James chapter 5. Hey, my name is Corey. I'm the youth pastor here along with my awesome, amazing, beautiful wife, Amber. We lead this thing uh, called Bridge Youth, and, and we love it. It's a family to us. And, and hey, maybe you're new and, and you're just, uh, this is your first time, like, coming to our church. Maybe this is your first time ever coming to church, and, like, you didn't know what to expect, and you're like, there's, like, these weird-looking vape machines in the back, and the lights went like, wow, 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 and then people jumped, and they're, like, excited. Also, nobody's in suits and ties. I expected something different. Like, maybe this is your first time, like, in church ever. Dude, thanks so much for coming, hanging out with us, spending some of your time with us. We just, like, we value that so much. We appreciate that. We'd like to welcome our new people every single week by saying, we are here to build you up, not... We love you. We back you. You don't got to believe to belong here. James chapter 5, if you got your Bibles, James chapter 5. Um, have you ever been sleeping and had, like, you're just having an amazing dream, and then your alarm for school goes off? And then you try to do that thing, you know, like, am I the only crazy one that's like, let me try to go back to sleep real quick and, like, finish the dream? You know, I'm sorry, this is going to distract me like crazy. I'm a visual perfectionist. Boom, look at that. Um, but then you go back to sleep, and who, who said thank you to my man? Like, it's going to drive me crazy. And I'm on the stage. I can imagine your perspective, your point of view. Um, but then you're asleep for, like, what seems like 0.57 seconds, and your alarm goes off again, and you're like, all good things must come to an end. And so, like, you have to wake up. You leave your great dream. And then you forget the dream, like, in two minutes, right? Oh, that dream was crazy. I'm going to tell all my friends about it at school. By the time you're in the shower, you're like, what was the dream again? I don't even remember, right? But you're like, oh, man, like the dream has to end. That's how I feel about the book of Jim ending tonight. We are concluding our series, the book of Jim, the five-part series through um, a, 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 an amazing book in the Bible called James. And I've absolutely loved this series. Have you guys enjoyed this series? Have you liked this series? Man, um, I hope you've been challenged. I hope that you have been, uh, um, I hope you've learned some stuff. I, I really hope that you have, um, over the course of this last uh, five parts and, and really about seven weeks in this series, um, I hope you have fallen in love with digging into God's word on your own. Without, without, having, like, without having to have a pastor read it to you. And um, if you're new, part of this series, we've been challenging everybody week by week um, to read the chapter that we're going to talk about. Um, like, so tonight, we're talking chapter 5, and we've encouraged people over the past week to read chapter 5 of James. And I hope you've fallen in love with digging into the Bible on your own, because um, God's people didn't always have that privilege, and we do, like, let me just say this. This isn't even in my notes. Whatever I preach on a Wednesday night, maybe a Sunday morning, if you hear me preach on Sunday mornings ever, um, don't take my word for it. Don't take my word for it. Go dig into God's word for yourself because it's amazing that we have such accessibility to God's word. I love God's word. It's so much fun. Um, it's challenging. It's motivating. The Bible is the one book that you don't just read it, but it reads you as well. Man, like I love God's word. I pray that through this series you have fallen in love with digging into God's word as well. Hey, don't miss next week. Um, next week we're kicking off a brand new series entitled Before and After. You're going to hear the stories of some amazing people. Next week we got the one and only Johnny and Sky Padilla 
going to share their stories. It's going to be phenomenal. Don't miss that. Hey, are you guys excited for God's word tonight? I got a message in my heart, and if you don't want it, I'll walk off the stage right now, go out the back doors, and go home, okay? So are you excited for God's word tonight? I so am obsessed with the idea that God would take these simple words from this uh, uh, kid, grew up in the hood, just wanted to grow up and be a skater, and now I talk into microphones in oddly plaid pants, and, and believing that God's words um, will somehow be communicated through my words. I'm obsessed with this idea. It's amazing. It's so cool to see that through something so simple, something we do every day, we just talk, and that God has been able to take that and use it to transform lives. We have seen here at Bridge Youth, and I've seen all over the world as I've got to travel literally all over the world preaching the gospel, I've seen people's lives transformed and changed. And so tonight, if you're in a place where you're like, I need change. Something's got to give. Tonight could be your night. So tonight, are you excited for God's word tonight? I hope you are. I hope you have a, an anticipation like, like I do this evening. Um, here's your sermon in a sentence for you note takers. Uh, your sermon in a sentence tonight is this. Walk with God, talk with God. We could just end right there. Just walk and talk with God and like so many of your issues will be solved. Life will be better. You will be blessed. All of that. But I got a little bit more for you guys. You guys, you guys good with a kind of compound, a, a run-on sentence for your sermon. This is the sermon run-on sentence, okay? Walk with God, talk with God. Stand with him when you're strong Lean on him when you're not. Lean on me when you're not strong. And I'll be your friend. Well, I'll help you carry on. Lean on me. You're like, that white boy can sing. <laughs> Lean on God even when you're not strong. But when you're strong, stand with him. And there's going to be times where you aren't strong. You'll feel like you're not strong enough to stand. So when you're not strong enough to stand, lean on him. Amen? All right, here we go. James chapter 5. This, 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 uh, this chapter, it's really broken up kind of into um, pretty much into three parts. So we're going to dig into a little bit of each of the three parts, if that's okay with you. doesn't matter if it's okay with you. I've got my message prepared, and we're going to dig into it, okay? So uh, James chapter 5, if you're there, say amen. If you need more time, say hold up. All right, you got just a moment. While you're holding up, uh, while, while you're still, while we're holding up and you're still flipping there, would you guys stand and honor the reading of God's word? Anybody got some glowing Bibles? You got your Bibles charged up? I'm going to read NLT if you want to click on your Bible app and switch over to the same version that I am reading. Hey, Michaela, I see you, girl. We're excited to see you. We love you. All right, here we go. All right, I'm just going to tell you straight up, okay? Remember last week? It was tough. We got through it together, right? It was challenging. It was motivating. We're here to build you up, not? Okay, um, this part's going to feel a little like getting beat up, okay? But we're all in this together. All right, so here we go. Um, some of you be like, this first sentence right here, verse 1. Look here, you rich people. You're like, okay, not talking to me. <laughs> not this, I'm going to clock out for the next couple of verses. No, don't, don't, don't clock out. Listen up. Look here, you rich people, weep and groan with anguish. Aren't you glad you brought your friend this week? <laughs> weep and groan with anguish because of all the terrible troubles ahead of you. Your wealth is rotting away, and your fine clothes are moth-eaten rags. You ever see a moth in your house, and you're like, I didn't know those still existed. I thought they, like, went extinct or something. Like, they're only in movies when, like, somebody opens the closet and like, a moth comes out or something. 
moth-eaten rags. Verse 3, your gold and silver are corroded. The very wealth you were counting on, note that, the very wealth you were counting on, very wealth you were counting on, will eat away your flesh like fire. Now all of a sudden it's like we're in a hardcore metal music video or something. It'll eat away your flesh like fire. This corroded treasure you have hoarded will testify against you on the day of judgment. For listen, hear the cries of the field workers whom you have cheated of their pay. Their cries of those who uh, harvest your fields and reach the ears of the Lord of heaven's armies. Verse 5. You have spent your years on earth in luxury, satisfying your every desire. You have fattened yourself up for the day of slaughter. Yikes! You have condemned and killed innocent people who do not resist you. Yeah. You encouraged tonight? (laughs) It's going to get gooder, okay? Hey, pray with me. God, you're so good. We love you. Um... Speak to us not tonight. Get me out of your way, God, uh, so that you could come do what only you can do. We're expecting tonight, God. I just feel like there's something new and something different, something unique that you're going to do tonight, God. Um, I get too many people who complain. Um, so, God, you know what this next part of my prayer is and what I'm asking for. And I believe it in faith. And if anybody in here is going to pray for the patriots, God, I pray can just convict their hearts in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, high five two people, grab a seat. How about two people grab a seat? Have you noticed that um, often things aren't what they seem on the surface? Have you ever noticed that? You know, like, um, never judge a book by it. Right? Things aren't always what they seem on the, on the surface. Um, Devante, where you at, Devante? Would you come up, come up to the platform for me, Devante? Come here. My man. Come on up, Devante. Um, I've known Devante as long as I've been here at the church, about uh, going on four years now. Devante's my brother. How you doing, man? You good? Good, chilling. You still single? Yes. Okay, cool. Just wondering. Um, Devante's my brother. Proud of you, man. Love you. Uh, I met Devante about four years ago, and... Uh, and one of my first experiences with Devontae, we did a park day. Um, it was fun. Like, we took over the park around the corner, and we decided it wasn't one of our basketball tournaments, but we decided we're going to play, play some pickup basketball. Say, okay, so you know how it works at the park. Shoot for captains. Right, you shoot for captains. We start shooting for captains. Uh, I mean, obviously, I made it first. Glory to God. Uh, no big deal, you guys. It is what it is. Um, Favor ain't fair, all right? Um, I made it first. Someone else made it. I don't even know who made it second. Someone else made it second. They're like, all right, Corey, you made it first. First captain, who are you going to pick? So I'm brand new to the church. I didn't know, I didn't know anybody. Like I, so <laughs> based solely on every single type of exterior judgment, and I'll just say it, stereotype, I said with my first overall pick in the 2016 Bridge Youth Park Day draft, I said, with the first overall pick, I will take Devante. And then everybody laughed. <laughs> they went, <laughs> and I knew something was wrong. Here's what you have to know, because you're probably thinking exactly what I'm thinking. Anybody who maybe doesn't know Devante, he's tall, he's athletic. He's strong. He looks fast, right? He looks fast because he is fast. He ran track, and you guys won state, and they, run, and they won state. I, um, 
He's among other things as well that would make you think that he's good at basketball. And so I chose Devontae first. Un unknowingly, Devontae's horrible at basketball. He's like, uh, like, I love you, Devontae. You're so good at so many things. I'm so proud of you in so many ways. But the man is terrible at basketball. Like, so bad. Like, and, and here's the thing. His blessing in some ways is his curse. Like, because he's so fast and so big, he'll get the rebound, head for the other side of the court, and he's dribbling, and he gets to the other side of the court so fast, he can't slow himself down to get the easy layup. He burns everybody. Everybody's still at half court, and he's under the rim, but like, he goes and it like bangs off the backboard and makes it all the way back to backboard. Uh, okay, I love you, Devon. Take it out of here. I'm sorry. I'll stop embarrassing you. Here's the point. Things aren't always what they seem on the surface. Things aren't always what they seem on the surface. If you're writing notes, write this down. This is the first point tonight. If you're taking notes, God loves you more. Write this down. Get rich quick. <laughs> Someone said, appreciate it, but hold up, hold up. Someone is going, I thought about this too. This crossed my mind. Somebody is going to take a picture of this. They're going to put it on Instagram, and then we're going to think, they're going to think we're a certain type of church. But it's cool, because then they're going to be like, I'm going to go to that church. They're going to pray for me, and I'm going to get a Lamborghini. No, no, that's not how it is. Listen up. Wait a minute. Things aren't what they seem on the surface. Uh, beware of get-rich schemes, by the way. Get-rich-quick schemes. If ever someone comes to you and they lay out a business plan and it's shaped anything like a triangle or a pyramid, stay away. That's what we grown-ups call a pyramid scheme. You're getting scammed. In the world of business, pretty much this is the rule. If it sounds too good to be true, it is. All right? Beware of, beware of get-rich-quick schemes. But um, we'll come back to that in a moment, how things aren't what they seem on the surface. But James, if you notice, James going all the way through this first portion, he's talking trash and all this stuff. And it's like, oh, ouch, yikes, that's crazy. Whoa, come on. Like, we sound like we're in a heavy metal, like, music video. And this is crazy, right? But once do you see James ever talk badly about money or wealth itself? He doesn't. Check out this verse in, in, in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. It says, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Okay, what many people have heard and they've misconstrued, and if you've grown up in church, you might have heard this too. You'll hear, the love of money is the root of all evil. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Also notice it doesn't say money is the root of all. See, money is not the root of evil, all evil. The love of money is not the root of all evil, but the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. You follow me? You get what I'm saying? See, money itself is actually a blessing. Wealth itself is actually a blessing. I'll say it like this. If you're blessed, you're blessed to be a blessing, okay? So, so what does this mean for us? It, it means this. Some people, they have they possess a lot of money. Most others, their money possesses them. Let me say it like this. You need to possess your possessions. Don't let your possessions possess you. 
Because we live in a culture and a society today that allows possessions to possess you, allows money to possess you. And money, and what does that mean? What does that mean? That means like, like Josie was saying, like Jim Carrey said it, like it's not the answer. It's just not. Right? And so what happens is you're like, oh, I don't got no money possessing me. Yeah, but your entire life and everything you've ever based your life on, the school you're going to go to, like the career you're going to head into, where you're going to live, what you're going to do, everything has been around the idea of how can I make as much money as possible. Now, wisdom's not a bad thing. It's not. Money is not a bad thing. But having that thing be the thing that leads your life, and now you've wrapped your heart all the way around money, where it's what matters to you the most, James says that's an issue. Timothy also says that's an issue. Falling in love with money is an issue. Don't get me wrong. Remember, money isn't evil. The love of money is an issue. Don't wrap your heart around, let me say it like this, don't wrap your heart around temporary wealth. Wrap it around eternal wealth. Matthew 6, 19 um, to verse Chapter 6, verse 19, it talks about this. It says, uh, do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moths, again with these moths, moths and vermin will destroy it. The word vermin there, it's, uh, it's talking about rats. So Amber and I, we've been hearing um, in our attic, we've been hearing like up in our attic at our house. And so uh, our, our homeowners came to the house, and they're working on some stuff last week, and they said, uh, so we saw some, some droppings, and they kept texting droppings. I'm like, okay, there's a four-letter word for this that's way easier. It's poop. Just say poop. Like, we know what the word droppings means. You don't got to be polite with us. We're youth pastors, okay? It's big chilling. Like, don't worry about it. And so they're like, we found, so we need to get an exterminator out here. It's like, my God, what's in my attic? Like, it's like a dragon up there or something? Like a Komodo dragon in the attic? Like what's going on? So they call some uh, exterminators out. And they come to, come to find out that there's, there's a couple of rats that have been living in our attic. You guys are not nearly as disturbed by this as I was. Imagine if there were rats living in your attic. I was shaken up, all right? Now here's the thing about rats. Rats will eat anything. And, and what... What Matthew is saying is, don't store up wealth here on earth that the rats are just going to come and eat when you're long gone. And he goes on, he says, uh, and where there's thieves that will break in and steal it. Verse 20, but store up for yourselves treasure where? Where? In heaven. Verse 20, verse 20. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, listen to me, listen to me. For where your treasure is, then and there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, this is why we will always do offering, we'll always do giving at Bridge Youth. Can I just tell you like nine times out of ten, Bridge Youth offering in the grand, grand scheme of things, it's... <laughs> it's, it's not a major portion of the budget, guys, okay? <laughs> like, as, in terms of, of, of quantity, it's not a major portion of the budget. In terms of quality and saying, like, man, I'm giving out of what I have is amazing and continue to do it. But here's why we, we will continue to do this forever. And I have a lot of youth group friends who don't do offering. They're like, come on, Corey, it's youth. Uh, like, come on, our youth group is going to bring in, like, $4.72 every single week. Like, what are we going to do offering for? Say, no, 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 see, you're missing the point. 
know this. When we do offering, it's not because, oh, we need your money or God needs your money. God's balling. He doesn't need your money. Like, God does not need your, you're, you're out of your mind and you think God needs your money. No, 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 no. It's not that, that we're like, hey, this is your opportunity to invest. And it is. And you get to invest, right? But no, no, no. This is your opportunity to give. Because here's what happens. Where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. When you put God first in your finances, you're putting your heart in check. See, I, I, I give my tithes online. I, I, I go online, I go to the app, I hit give, and it takes me over to the website, and I put in my amount, um, and, and then I hit, I hit give, and I do it every single two weeks. And, and man, I, I get excited every time I open the app. I'm like, it's my opportunity to give, and it's also my opportunity to say, my heart is going to be wrapped around the work of God. And the first thing that I'm going to do every time I get paid is remind my heart that this paycheck is not going to guide my life. I'm not going to wrap my heart around this paycheck. I'm going to wrap my heart around the things that God's doing on earth, and I'm going to store up treasure in heaven. Now, here's the thing. Why are we talking get rich quick? I'm going to help some people get rich quick right now. Okay, you ready? You ready to get rich quick? Here's how. Begin to measure wealth differently. Some of you, some of you right now sitting in this room, you're already filthy rich because you have got so much treasure stored up in heaven. There's people sitting in this room that without you, they would not be saved. And there is so much treasure stored up in heaven because you've been obedient to God. There's some of you in this room that like on the, uh, there's, let me say that, there's people in this world who on the exterior, they look they are, they are balling. Like, they, they drive a nice car. They wear nice clothes. They got it all. But wait, they got absolutely nothing in heaven. So see, what they have will last them the next 80 years of their life here on earth. After that, it's done. It's gone. James says it's going to literally rot away. It's going to rot away. The rats will eat it. Or the rats don't eat it. The moths will get it. The moths don't get it. Your crazy relatives will come for it. All right? like, but you're not going to take it. So, yeah, you got wealth from now until a couple years from now, but we've got wealth that will last forever and ever and ever. Some of you, you just got rich quick because you realize it's not about temporary wealth. I'm stocking up eternal wealth. <laughs> um, I hadn't even planned to share this, but uh, uh, so me and my wife, we're going to go to Manchester next week. Uh, and <laughs> notice I said were. Um, so there's a company that was around for 178 years called Thomas Cook Airlines. 178 years. And the week before my vacation, they decided to go bankrupt and the company collapsed. Take a wild guess who we booked our airfare through. Mm-hmm. See, see, Thomas Cook, Thomas Cook, they had all this like earthly wealth for 178 years. A couple bad years and this company's done. 21 thousand employees out of work. There were 600,000 people stranded, stranded all over the world because they didn't have, their, their planes were getting impounded because the money was gone like that. Here today, gone tomorrow. But nobody can take your heavenly wealth. Store up your riches in heaven. Somebody just got rich quick because they realize it's not about temporary wealth. It's about how you measure wealth. Measure this too. Don't just measure, oh, heavenly wealth. Realize this. If you've got God in your life, you are so wealthy. If you've got people who love you in your life, oh, man, that's, 
That's real wealth right there. You got anointing, you got blessing, you got favor. Some of you are so rich and you didn't even realize. You have such a rich life and you didn't even realize it. You, you just got rich quick. You didn't get money, you didn't get Benjis. Don't worry, we got those in the foyer afterwards. Make sure to go check it out. That's not true. Someone's like texting their friend, get to Bridge Youth quick. They're passing out Benjis. <laughs> Look, I mean it. Like, take a picture of that. Get here quick. <laughs> hey, write this second, uh, this second point down um, as we're moving along. You know, I'm, I'm going uh, to hit a verse before, before I go there. Um, James chapter 5. Let's go to verse 7. Verse 7. We're going to go down to verse 11. Here's what it says. It says, dear brothers and sisters, be patient. Everyone say patient. Be patient as you wait. Everybody say wait. Don't you love waiting? <laughs> yeah, me neither. As you wait for the Lord's return, consider the farmers. <laughs> That's like, okay, uh, I've never even met a farmer. Um, we are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Not in the notes either. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for, those, um, for the rain to fall in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage. For the Lord's, uh, for the coming of the Lord is near. Don't grumble. I love this. It's like, take courage. Tough times will come, but God's on his way. Take heart. Also, uh, don't grumble against each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged for the judge. He's standing at the door. It's like, yeah, yeah, stay strong, stay strong. Don't gossip either. Let's keep moving on. <laughs> like, for examples, uh, the patience and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look to the prophets. He's talking about the Old Testament prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We give great honor to those who endure, uh, who endure under suffering. For instance, you know about Job. Oh, I hate that he mentions Job. I don't know if you've ever read the book of Job, but it's, 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 it's tough. It's, it's tough. It's a rough read, okay? If you're, new, if you're a new believer, stay away from the book of Job, okay? Don't read it. Don't go anywhere near it. It's, it's, it shows God's faithfulness as James is going to say, but it's a tough read, okay? A man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end, for the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. You know anybody, do you know anybody um, who they insist on being everywhere like 30 minutes early? Aren't they the worst? So my wife... Um, <laughs> My wife, when we go to the movies, my wife insists on getting, she's like, okay, the movies is like four minutes away, <clears throat> so we need to leave an hour and a half early, okay? Why? Well, because we got to go to the store first. We're going to go to the store. We're going to get candy because you never buy candy. At the... You buy the candy, and then you covertly sneak the candy in somehow to the movie theater with you. Um, but what you do buy at the movie theater is popcorn. We're going to have to wait in line for the popcorn. So we're going to go. We're going to get the, the candy. We're going to stuff the candy, like, in our socks and, in the, uh, and anywhere that we can hide it. And then we're going to go, and we're going to get into the movie theater. Then we're going to stand in line. We're going to get our popcorn. We're going to butter that popcorn like there's no tomorrow. And then we're going to go. We're going to find our seats because, like, if we don't get there early, then someone else will take our seats. Oh, wait, no. The seats are always reserved now, and you don't have to get there early to keep your seats safe. They'll be reserved for you. Um, but we're going to get there early. We're going to find our seats. We're going to sit down. And there's going to be stupid ads on this big old giant screen in front of us in the movie theater that's slightly dark and never has cell phone service or Wi-Fi. We're going to sit there for 47 minutes until the movie starts. <laughs> I'm like, babe, you mean to tell me we're going to hurry up to wait? Write that down if you're taking notes. That's our second point. Hurry up and wait. Hurry up and wait. Look, 
um, I don't know what you've been told, but life is tough. Life is tough. Uh, you are going to go through seasons. You are going to go through seasons where you're doing great. You're going to go through seasons where you're doing horrible. You're going to go through seasons of provision. You're going to go through seasons of lack. You're going to go through seasons where you're in love. And you're going to go through seasons where you got dumped. <laughs> you got straight dumped. Somebody say amen. amen. Yeah, that was some salty amens. Amen. A man's going to die is what's going to happen. <laughs> he dumped me. Ah! <laughs> Crazy white girl. Okay. <laughs> like, you're going to go through seasons. I wish I could be the pastor that told you, give your life to Jesus and everything will be great. It will be rainbows and butterflies and a whole new world. But it's not. Sorry. Life will still be tough. So what do you have to do? You have to. You ready for it? You excited? Patiently endure. Thanks, James. You're so encouraging. What does that look like? It looks like to me, it looks like you need to hurry up and wait. I mean, you need to hurry up and you need to get to the place where you say, God, ready, ready for whatever you want to do. And here I am. I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to believe in you. I'm going to look to you. I'm going to lean on you. I'm going to walk with you, God. I'm going to talk with you, God. When I'm strong, I'm going to stand with you. And when I'm not, I'm going to lean on you. That's what it looks like to hurry up and wait. I think about the, the thief on the cross next to Jesus. He, uh, he's getting crucified, and, and he says, Jesus, like, you don't deserve this. I deserve this, but you don't. And when you get to your kingdom today, will you just remember me? And the thief says, um, uh, and Jesus says to the thief, like, hey, like, I'm not just going to remember you. Today you're going to be in paradise with me. See, this guy, he got salvation, and then the same day he got paradise. See, most of us, like, it's, it, like we don't get that. Like, all right. We get salvation, and then we're in the process, not paradise. You're in the process. Everybody say process. You're in the middle. You're in the fight. You're in the storm. So what do you do? You hurry up and wait. Right away, you wait on God. You walk with God. You talk with God. You stand with him when you're strong, and you lean on him when you're not. You patiently endure. Let me illustrate it like this. David, would you come up on stage with me? Um, protein. Oh, oh, oh. Um, this is David Walker. Uh, and David Walker and I, uh, a couple years ago, I think it was, what, what year are we in? 2019? This must have been 2017? 2017. All week at summer camp, David's like, Corey. Let's wrestle. Come on, bro. Let's wrestle. How many of you ladies are like, I'm so glad I'm a girl? Guys are like, let's wrestle. Let's like throw rocks at each other and play in the mud. Ah, we're guys. Like, David's a man's man, all right? Like, he's a man's man. All week, he's like, Corey, wrestle with me. Come on, let's wrestle. And so then finally, Thursday night, like, I'm like, fine. Let's do it. Let's wrestle, all right? Yeah, no, I'm, come at me, bro. Let's go. Let's do it. And so we get into our common room, and I didn't realize the audience we were going to have. Um, the entire camp showed up. They didn't. But a lot of people are there, and I'm like, great. It's David versus me, guys. And I'm like, I'm like can we do, like, Star Wars trivia or something instead? Like, can we, can we like play Harry Potter, like, Monopoly or something. And so what happens is, um, 
So first we're like, okay, you know, here it is. And we don't touch gloves because we're not wearing gloves. And we're like, okay, are we going to do pin or are we going to do tap out? All right, let's go with tap out. So if you tap out, you're out. Ladies, I don't know if you know what that means because if you or that means you're done. You're going to break my arm. You're going to kill me. I can't breathe. This is the worst. I'm going to die. I'm done. And for guys, this is fun. <laughs> this is why women live longer. Okay. Um, so we're like, all right, so we do the, all right, three, two, one, it's on. And this is what's called like grappling. I don't know if you know, it's called grappling. So we're doing this thing. We're grabbing each other, all this. Um, now here's the thing. David, along with the rest of the room, what David didn't know, because I know, I saw it in his eyes. I saw it in everybody's eyes. Easy target. See, this isn't David and Goliath. This was, he's Goliath in this story, okay? Uh, it is what it is. And he thought easy target. But here's what David didn't know. He didn't know about my previous enemies. Just like Goliath, when little David ran onto the battlefield, Goliath didn't know about David's previous enemies. See, David runs out there and goes, I've fought wolves. I was a shepherd. I was protecting these sheep. And wolves would come, and I'd fight wolves. And then one time a bear came. I fought a bear. A lion came one time, king of the jungle. I fought a lion too. So, and, and, and Goliath thought, easy target. Because he didn't know David's previous enemies. David thought, easy target. He didn't know my previous enemies. He didn't know that. My brother, my older brother, way bigger than him. I've been wrestling my older brother since birth, okay? Like my, let me just for reference show you. Um, here, here's a picture of my little brother. This is my... Not my bigger brother. Do you guys have the picture of Charlie? There's my little brother. Just it's a little bit blurry if you can't tell. He's a hockey player with a massive beard. Uh, go to the next picture so that you can see. The guy on the left is my little brother. Goliath didn't know David's previous enemies. David didn't know my previous enemies. Look, the enemy, sometimes it's like he's unaware of the previous enemies you've had. So he thinks you're an easy target. Now, here's what you have to remember. Everybody say remember. Everyone say remember, remember. Okay, the 5th of November. Okay, no, we don't have time, all right? No nerd references. Here we go. Uh, you need to, sometimes you need to remember your previous enemies. Because sometimes we get to this place where we see this enemy and we're like, oh my gosh, I'm finna die. Look over your shoulder and see all the times that God got you through before. And he hasn't let you down yet. You think he's going to start now? Look back and look at all the people you already beat up. Not people, circumstances, situations, life. The enemies come at you time and time again. See, David, he made a mistake of not realizing I had enemies before him. So we start getting into grappling, all this stuff. Uh, and what happens is David being much stronger than me, much bigger than me, he does this thing uh, called like, a takedown, okay? That's when, let me just, we're not doing that, okay, buddy? These pants will rip. Takedown, we're quickly. Now, me and David, we're like brothers, okay? Let me just say, we are like brothers. This is gonna get, this is gonna be very close and personal, all right? Very close and personal, but this is what happened. I wanna give you guys the full spectrum. Most of you have, not all of you have great imaginations. You won't have to use your imagination tonight. You're gonna see what happened. So David takes down, and literally it was big, Come on, buddy. Yep. Wait, wait. There we go. Yep. So he's got me pinned. And the whole room, as I went down, boom, everyone goes, oh. And they all think, got him. Yep. 
they all think got him, right? So I'm like, oh man, he's got me. This is what happened, okay? Now I'm on my back. How are you guys doing? You good? I'm good. How you doing, David? You doing all right? Love you. So what happens is that's where grappling and stuff, and he's trying to get me to pin, he's trying to get me to tap, all this. I'm sitting here, and what, what David didn't know was this was exactly where I wanted to be. What David didn't know was that me going, <laughs> me going to my back. <laughs> some, some other people are in the room like, that's exactly where I want to be too. Nope. <laughs> Because David didn't know about this Brazilian jiu-jitsu move called the guillotine. So all I had to do was hurry up and wait until David's head fell in the right position where I wrapped around, squeezed, and all I have to do now is stretch out. And David did what? What'd you do, David? Tapped out. Tapped out. Help me up real quick. We're not done. Don't go anywhere. See, you see how easy he picked me up? That's embarrassing. (laughs) It's humiliating. What David didn't know, what the whole room, because as soon as David took me down and I hit the ground with a thump, it was, oh, he's done. He's pinned. David, I could tell. David's like, I got him. This is it. It's done. It's over. I, he's pinned. The whole room is like, dang. And he got him to the ground so quick. What they didn't realize, I, I wanted him to get me to the ground probably even quicker because I was hurrying up to wait. Because at that point, all I have to do is just wait for his head to fall into place to where I wrap guillotine. And if you know how to do a guillotine, it doesn't even take strength. You just stretch out. And then he tapped out. I feel like some people like right now, the season you're in, you are in the middle. You are in the fight. You're in the storm, and what you feel like and what everybody else feels like is the fight is over. It's done. You're defeated. And what you don't know is what David didn't know when he wrestled me and he pinned me on my back was it was all just a setup. And see, God has actually positioned you specifically to set you up for the tap out, the knockout, the breakthrough. So I don't know where you're at, and if you're currently in a place where you feel pinned, you feel beat, you feel done, just know this. God is setting you up for the victory that's on its way. Don't give up. Don't look back. Don't feel defeated. Don't feel weak, because in your weakness, he is strong. Now, I want to point out one more thing about this situation. So David pins me. Come on, buddy. (laughs) so first he didn't know my enemies second he didn't know it was all a setup third you got to hurry up and wait and some of you thought that wait meant okay what's going on here's what wait actually meant so David comes he pins me he's here I'm waiting for his head to get in the right position so I can uh, but all the while all the while, while we're doing this, and my, uh, first my hands are under here, and I'm trying to get these in place. What some of you didn't see, you laughed at it, but I did this. You see, now my ankle's locked, so now he can't get away, even if he tried. But the whole time, I was just slightly squeezing David's ribs. So now it's hard for him to breathe. He's putting all this effort in, and I just have to wait for things to fall into place. So, oh, my ring got caught in your shirt. Uh-oh. So I can guillotine stretch out, and he taps out. 
But what I didn't do was lay on my back like, okay, well, I guess this is over. He's already got me here, so oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to sit here and wait for the Lord to return. Uh, no, I wrapped him up and squeezed, and I did what I could do. Good God, man. You can, hey, give it up for David real quick. In the moment, I have him wrapped and I'm squeezing so that it's tough for him to breathe. And now he's using all this energy to try to get me to somehow tap out, barely being able to breathe. So now he's winded. Now he's exhausted. He's short of breath. So by the time his head falls into place, where things fall into place, the tap out, the knockout was so quick. See, some of you thought... Hurry up and wait. Some of you read the verse, wait upon the Lord, and you think that means. God, God, where are you? Jesus, hurry up. I mean, I'm, I'm sick and tired of this junk, okay? Come through already. No, but to wait upon the Lord is actually a lot more to be like a waiter, a waitress to the Lord. It's to begin to do his work. Do what you can now and trust that when things fall into place, that the victory will come swiftly and quickly because God has better plans for your life than you have for yourself, and he will bring breakthrough. Somebody say amen. amen. But you don't just sit around and do nothing. That's not waiting on the Lord. In the meantime, you do what you can and trust God for all the things that you can't do. Amen. See, too many Christians think that salvation is like God's cosmic evacuation plan. Like salvation, it's like, God, you're going to get us out of here one day. What? It's not about getting us out. It's about getting God in. See, if, if, if the thief on the cross who got salvation and paradise in the same day, if he was the guy at the elevator who, like, the elevator of life, the doors are closing, and he's like, ah. <laughs> and he's just like, I didn't plan to do that. I was like, please, God, don't let me get hurt. Like, he barely makes it through those doors, and he's like, oh. And he's in heaven now, like, that was a close one, you guys. I almost missed it. If that's, if that's the thief on the cross, how many of us are the people that walk up to the elevator and push the glowing button called salvation, and then we're like, How great is our God. Ooh, fall's here. Pumpkin spice, come on. Halloween. <laughs> When's this thing going to come and just, uh, you know, take me away to somewhere higher? The elevator's Jesus, you get it? And that's us. We hit this little button and we think salvation is, okay, now I'm going to wait upon the Lord until he comes and gets me out of here. No, 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 you press the button, and you turn around, and you run around the lobby, and you get everybody that you can. Hey, the elevator's on its way, you guys, so it's only going to be open for a little while. You got to come, you got to get on, okay, hey, you got to come. You go around, and then maybe you find the thief on the cross, and you're like, hey, dude, like, come on, come on, come on. Like, the elevator's, it's almost here, like, let's go, let's go. Waiting upon the Lord isn't sitting there pressing the button and looking at your watch until it gets here. Salvation is not God's cosmic spiritual evacuation plan. Waiting upon the Lord is fighting. It's even when your, 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 your back is pinned. You're like, I'm going to still do what I can do. 
I'm going to fight. I'm going to put my faith to work. If there's anything I want you to take from this series, James, it's putting faith into action. It's not well wishes. When we get to heaven, Jesus says, he's not going to say, well thought, my good and faithful servant. You really had some, you know, good thoughts towards people. He's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant, is what he's going to say. Stop sitting around and waiting upon the Lord. Instead, wait upon the Lord like a servant that says, God, anything that you have for me from now until that elevator arrives for me, I'll do it and I'll fight. And sometimes it's going to feel like your back is pinned. So when it does, what do you do? Band, can you guys start heading up? When you do feel like you're in that place, like your back is pinned, what do you do? Verse 13, it's our last portion of scripture and the last the very last uh, point in all this series, verse 13, are, are any of you suffering hardship? Here it is. You should pray. You should pray. And, and if, Carlos, if you could just come and play keys behind me. Um, and then David, if you could come back and we're going to cuddle again while he plays keys. I'm just kidding. It's totally, it's totally for an illustration, man. I promise. Illustration purposes. Are any of you facing hardship? You should pray. That's what James says. Now listen to this. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. We're going to do that in just a few minutes. Are any of you sick? You should call the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Are any of you sick? Do you got something going on in your body? Do you got, do you got a sports-related injury? Do you got, do you've got a, a disease or a sickness? Do you have an ailment? Do you know somebody? Well, guess what we're going to do soon? We are going to actually call the elders. They're not really elders in the way of like they're old, but like they're leaders. And we're going to anoint you with oil, and we're going to pray and believe that God will bring healing to you. Or maybe to someone you're going to stand in the gap for. It goes on and it says, um, such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Hear that again. Did you hear that? If you've committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Any sins. See, some of you thought like, yeah, any sins except the ones that I've committed because mine are so bad. No, no, no. James is clear. If you've committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Forgiven, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. We're going to do that too. I'm going to go around the room and I'm going to give everyone the mic in a little bit and you're going to confess all your sins into the microphone, okay? We're not going to do that. Someone's like, oh my God. Oh, look at the time. I got to go. Is that my mom calling? I'm out. We're not going to do that. But here's what I am going to do. I'm going I'm to encourage you to talk to someone after service tonight. Be vulnerable. Why not? Like, what do you have to lose? Nothing. What do you have to gain? Everything. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Elisha was just a human like you and I. Elisha was one of the Old Testament prophets that he talked about earlier. He was a human just like you and I. And yet when he prayed earnestly, no rain would fall. None fell for three and a half years. Then he prayed again and the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. 
Um, did anybody play with walkie-talkies when you were a kid? And you do the like, um, hey. My, my, my little brother's name was Charlie. Hey, Charlie. Charlie. You hear me? Over. Charlie's like, hey, Corey. I hear you. You don't have to do the sound. The sound will happen on its own with the walkie-talkie, okay? Over. And I'm like, okay, cool. Over. That was the last time. Over. <laughs> and does anybody else feel like sometimes prayer, um, prayer feels like talking into a walkie-talkie, wondering if God's on the other side hearing you? And what do you, what do you, you guys remember, what do you say when, when like the batteries died or like they went too far up the street and, can't hear, and you don't know if they can hear you? Like, what do you say? You say, do you copy? If you're taking notes, write that down. That's our last point. Do you copy? I don't know if it's just me, but sometimes, man, I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm like, God, do you copy? Like, are you even there? Like, are you hearing me? Are you on the other side of this thing, God? Like, is it just me or does anybody else ever feel like that? Like, God, are you hearing me? And James says, he hears you. He hears you. Loud and clear. Every time. Uh, my, my mom, um, continue, some of you guys know the situation my mom's going through. Continue to pray for her. I was on the phone with her earlier today and getting updates about her situation medically and Man, later on as we pray, would you guys pray for her for me? But my mom, a while ago, she said, uh, Corey, um, I wanted you to pray. I wanted you to pray for this situation um, because, you know, you and God just have a special connection, Corey. <laughs> I was like, in my head, I, I'm like, I pictured it like, what, like my walkie-talkie with God has a bigger antenna? Like, I like dial into a special frequency that nobody else has? Like, no, like, because I'm a pastor doesn't mean God hears me better than you. God hears you just as good as he hears me or anybody else. Are you going through a tough time? Are you going through hardship? You should pray. God will hear you. As I close tonight, as we conclude this whole series, this whole thing, this is it. This is the end of the book of Jim. James gave us a uh, he gave us five calls of action. Five. And we're literally going to respond all five of these calls of action tonight. Because if I have any hope for this series, is that your faith would come alive and it would turn into action. Here's the five calls to action. One, hardship, you should pray. Two, are you happy? You should sing. You should rejoice. You should praise you sick? Is there something going on in your body? Are you broken in any way? I believe tonight one of the things we're going to pray about is, is anxiety and depression. You sick? You, you should call the elders of the church to pray and we'll anoint you with oil. And when we are obedient, he'll bring the breakthrough. When we're obedient, he'll bring the breakthrough. Somebody say amen. When we're obedient, he'll bring the breakthrough. Number four, if you are needing forgiveness. This is the last verse in there. Um, I didn't have it in my notes. I don't think the tech team has it, but this is the, literally the end of the book of James. Check it out. We got First Peter right here. Here's the very end of the book of James, and it says, verse 19, my dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings that sinner back from wandering will save that person from death 
and bring about, here, hear this, forgiveness of many sins. The fourth call to action is like, do you need forgiveness? Are you wandering? Come give forgiveness. Come home. And the last one was confess your sins to one another. So the first things first, if you're in this place and you would say, Pastor Corey, I, I have been wandering and I need forgiveness and I've sinned and I've messed up. And maybe, maybe that journey has got you to a place where you feel so defeated, like you're pinned. And, and you thought before tonight, you thought it's all over. Like there is no hope for me. There is no light at the end of this tunnel. I'm telling you tonight, the fight ain't over. It's not done. God's not done. He's never failed. He's not going to start with you. So tonight, this is your night and this is your moment. Have you been wandering? Have you messed up? It's okay. There is grace upon grace upon grace. That's what our Bible says. It says where there's a ton of sin, there's even more grace. And you can receive that grace tonight. So here's the first call to action. If you've been wandering or if you need forgiveness, this is the moment where you can get it. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? If you're here tonight and you would say, yeah, that is me, Pastor Corey. There's no one else looking around. It's just me. You would say, yeah, I need forgiveness. And maybe you would say, I've been wandering. You can have the opportunity to get that forgiveness, to come home to your loving Father, to the God of the universe who will wash all your sins away. He loves you so much. He loves you so much he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross so that he could have a relationship with you. And if you want that relationship, you want to come home, you want that forgiveness tonight, this is your moment. This is your opportunity. I'm going to ask you to respond in a really simple way. Just a moment, I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, I just want you to shoot your hand in the air. Just raise your hand real quick. Don't worry, no one's looking around. It's just me. Every head bowed, every eye closed. And I just ask that you respond on the outside because I believe when we respond on the outside to what's happening on the inside, that it solidifies it in our hearts and our minds and our lives and our souls. So if that's you tonight, you want a relationship with God, your Father. You want to come home. You want forgiveness. This is it. This is your moment. When I get to three, you raise your hand. One, two, three. Hands all over this place. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Man, hands going up everywhere. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Maybe you've been wandering. You want to come back home. Amazing. Amazing. Hey, you can put your hands down. Every head bowed, every eye closed still. Those of you who just raised your hand, if you have a phone on you, do me a favor. Really, it's going to take a second. We're going to be patient. Pull out your phone. Go open your Instagram app. This is really important. This, we want to do something with you called the next seven days where I'm going to help you walk out this decision that you just made. I'm going to help you walk it out for the next week. So all I want you to do, it's really simple. Uh, we're not going to over-inundate your, your Instagram account. We're not going to blow up your messages or anything. We just want to get you seven videos over the next seven days. It's me and these videos just helping you walk out your faith. All you have to do is just DM us next seven at bridgeyth underscore. Go to bridgeyth underscore 
and message next seven. That's all you got to do. We'll take care of the rest. You don't got to worry about the rest right now. We'll we'll get you these videos. We'll connect with you. We'll get you connected because you just made the best decision of your entire life. So you guys do that right now because what we're going to do in a second as you're you're sending next seven to our DMs, um, we're going to pray. We talked about tonight, walk with God, talk with God. This is just talking with God. We're just going to pray, and and I'm going to give you the words, but they're your words. Wrap your heart around them. And the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and he rose from the dead, you will be saved. And so if you wrap your heart around these words, you you mean them with everything in you. The Bible is so clear that when that elevator comes, you have a spot. You'll be in heaven with Jesus forever. So everybody, whether you raise your hand or didn't, we're a family. So we're going to pray this together. Everybody, write out loud. You don't got to scream it, but just write out loud. Would you just repeat these simple words right after me? Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you everything. When I'm strong, I'll stand with you. When I'm weak, I'll lean on you. Would you be my father and would you be my friend from this day till eternity? In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Hey, can we welcome people into God's family right now?